Good morning. Are you glad you're here today? Amen. Amen. We're glad to see everybody here today. Welcome online. If you're joining us online, we're glad that you're here. Uh, if you're a visitor with us today, we'd love for you to text the word welcome to 704-459-5575. That's running across the screen. If you're watching online, we'd just like to get to know you a little bit better. But we're glad that you're here, glad that you have chosen to be a part of of worshiping our risen Lord and Savior today. Amen. God is good all the time. And all the time, God is good. Amen. Just a couple of announcements this morning. We've got a, a great car show coming up next Saturday. Uh, so make plans to be here. You're going to see, see some great classic cars, uh, some beautiful old cars, and uh, really nice uh, fellowship together. Um, also, if you'd like to make a cake, uh, that we're going to uh, raffle off or do something with. Uh, uh, there's a sign-up sheet out back here at the, at the information table. Uh, please do that. Also, uh, women's Bible study is starting tonight. It'll be downstairs in Jean uh, McCurry's Sunday school class. It'll be at 6 o'clock this evening. Uh, if you've not signed up, that's fine. Uh, just show up and, we're man, we just want to get you plugged in. Uh, that's the, also the case for Tuesday night at Greg Sane's house, or the Melton Farm, I should say, at Bob and Sandy's house. Um, there'll be a, a men's group, a men's Bible study, Tuesday evening. Uh, so all that's in your bulletin. Uh, take a look at that um, and get plugged in. It's a great, a great time. This morning is a special time as well where we uh, have set aside the opportunity to ordain two men into the office of Deacon Gary Jacobs and Noah Anderson. Uh, and so that'll, that'll take, the ordination part will take uh, place at the end of the service. Um, so we're looking forward to that. How many of you have, uh, have noticed the skies at night this week? Oh my goodness. Have they not been absolutely stunning? Gorgeous, breathtaking. How I don't know whatever the words we can we can use. I've seen a lot of your pictures online. Um, just absolutely gorgeous. And just to be reminded of how how big God is. You know how He's the only one that can do it. And, and to paint the skies with the beauty that He has, along with the beautiful backdrop of the. The, the, the nature and the changing of the leaves this year, again, have been beautiful. But this is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Amen. The psalmist writes in Psalm 65, 8, Those who live at the end of the earth stand in awe of your wonder. From where the sun rises to where it sets, you inspire shouts of joy. Let's pray together. Father God, we do thank you for the day. And God, we thank you for the gift of beauty that you've allowed us to see this week. The gift of sunsets. The gift of season change. The gift of your handiwork on display, God, so we can see again just how magnificent you are. And as big as you are to control the skies. And that's the neat thing. It's not just the skies here in our community, but it's been all across the southeast, from the beach to the mountains, to from Tennessee to North Carolina to Florida. Oh, my. You have been on great 
put on a great show. And we thank you. God, we worship you today. We worship the God of all creation. The God who created the heavens and the earth. The one who created the skies and the universe. The one who sent his son to save our souls. Father, today we worship you. And we thank you for that, for for your amazing grace, for the forgiveness that comes our way, and for the hope that we have in eternal life when we trust in you. God, we worship you today, and Father, we pray that that our worship is a blessing back to you. And so, Father, hear our worship, receive our worship today. May it glorify you. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. We have one more announcement this morning. We have one more announcement this morning. Come on up, Eli. Good morning. The RAs learned about a church planner in New York City who meets the needs of hungry people in the area by providing food for them. We would like to do the same thing here in our community, but we need your help. As you leave after the service, please take a grocery bag from the RA at the door. Inside, you will find a helpful list of goods, items to buy for our food closet. Don't feel like you must fill up the bag. Even one or two items will help and be very much appreciated. Bring your items in next week or two and place them in the collection bins you will find near the front door and the church office. The RAs will count them and let you know the result of our food drive. Thank you so much for your help with the RA mission project.
Well, as we have mentioned earlier, we're in the midst of seasonal change, aren't we? Uh, I hope everybody changed your clocks back this morning or last night. Um, I didn't see anybody get here too early for Sunday school, uh, so that was a good sign that everybody turned their clocks back. Um, I hope you enjoyed that extra hour of sleep. Um, I did for the first time, and I don't know if ever. Um, we got that extra hour of sleep last night, so praise God, I'm feeling good, and we're going to get an extra hour of preaching this morning. <laughs> oh my, but, but, but things are changing. Again, looking outside and looking at the beautiful change in the, in the weather, the, it's, you know, it's crisp outside, the, 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 the temperature is changing, the colors and the leaves are changing. Again, like we said this morning, the, the skies. Man, they've been changing this, this week, and it's just a beautiful, a beautiful sight to see. But what comes to mind uh, when you mention the word change most of the time? What, 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 what happens to your mind when, when somebody mentions change or, or changing something? Well, normally when somebody mentions change, a red flag comes up, doesn't it? Our defense system takes over and, and, and is alerted. And, and we put up our barriers, don't we? Amen. We don't like change. Let's face it, we, we don't like change. Um, we like our routine, don't we? We like things uh, in our comfort zone. We like things normal, don't we? We like to know that when we get up in the morning, pretty much what's going to happen through the day is going to happen. You know, we, some of us have lists, not me, but some of us have lists. Da, 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 da. This is what we're going to do today, right? And uh, others of us don't. And, but we have a general plan of what's going to take place. And so when something happens that throws that into a kilter, we don't like it, do we? we, we it throws us for a loop. I don't like all the construction taking place between here and my house on the roads. You know, and my whole routine of getting here and there has been disrupted for several months and got several more months to go. Uh, I bought a laptop, a new laptop, a couple of, a couple of a months ago. It was a, a Mac laptop, and it was the first MacBook I've ever had. And so my learning curve has been changed completely, you know, trying to get used to uh, learning how that works because it's basically backwards, okay, from everything you grew up learning. And, uh, and so change, you know, has been, just that mindset has been changed. My mom got a new cell phone. And uh, man, it's about to drive her plumb crazy trying to learn where this key is now and how to get the contacts and messaging. And I know for sure if she could go back to that old cell phone, she, she would without, a, with, without question. I was telling somebody this week, you know, one day we're going to get rid of this organ over here. I saw those red flags pop up just then when I said that. But the problem is nobody's learning to play the organ. And so, and you got a long time to play, okay? You can't leave, okay? But there's nobody learning that skill anymore. Unfortunately, and, and, and that beautiful instrument 
is going to be laid to rest over time. That's not a good thing. Have you ever changed careers? And haven't you learned the new, the new systems? They aren't fun usually, are they? Okay, because we like what we know. And so having to go to that extra uh, effort to, to learn that new curve. How many of you have ever changed cable services or, or cell services? That's no fun at all, is it? It's a nightmare. Think about Adam and Eve in the garden and the change that they had. Wow, everything perfect. Everything and everybody living in harmony. And then just like that, it's gone. Well, for me, hopefully the new road construction between here and home, it will ultimately be a more efficient, better, safer way to get home. Maybe, uh, you know, when I finally get used to using this new laptop, it'll be more efficient. It, you know, it's less likely to get malware and viruses and, and ultimately more reliable. So we're, we're hoping for that. You know, when you update your home, when you make changes in your home, hopefully that's a good thing and the change is good. We've got two new grandbabies, okay? So the change around the house there is a good thing. And when you change your life for Christ, it's definitely a good thing, amen? And, and praise God for that. But thinking about Adam and Eve as they went from a perfect garden to being put out of the garden and, and sin and and death and disease and everything coming into their life at that point. That was not good. But it was from that point on that, that God has been trying to, uh, to, to, to rescue His people. And, and He's put out a, a, a massive three-phase effort to, to, to find and to rescue and to change people and draw them back to Himself. And to give them a new beginning. To give them a new hope in life. To give them a, a hope of eternal life. It all began with the, with the nation of Israel. And, and he wanted to use the nation of Israel to, uh, to show the other nations who he was. To, for the nation uh, to show them his character. And to call people unto himself through the nation of Israel. We read that that throughout the, the, the history of, of Israel, though, they were constant complainers, weren't they? They were constantly falling away from God and leaving God and coming back. We've read in, in recent weeks in the series 316 how, how the prophets were busy warning the people of judgment that was coming if they didn't, if they didn't turn back. And they, they were constantly calling people back to the Lord. Some listened. But most people didn't. But, but praise God, He didn't give up on us. God didn't give up on us. He went to phase two. Phase two was, was, was sending His one and only Son into this world. He sent His Son Jesus Christ into this world to, to live a sinless life, to live the perfect life, to show us how to live, to show us how to live in fellowship with God, how to live in fellowship with one another how to reconcile ourselves with God. And, and Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through Him. You see, we're lost and, 
and Jesus is our way back home. It was by His death and on the cross and His resurrection that we can be reunited with our Heavenly Father when we, when we put our trust and faith in Him. When Jesus was here, when He was living that sinless life, there were some that saw Him. There were some that saw Him perform miracles. Some saw Him teach with authority that only came from God. And some believed Him and some followed Him, but again, most people didn't. But God didn't quit. God continued to pursue us. God continued to to chase after us and and give us hope and give us a, a, a chance in life. And that brought about the third phase. The third phase is through the church, through, through me and you today. We'll be looking today in, in, in Acts chapter 1, well, throughout the book of Acts, but the theme verse is Acts 1, chapter, eight, uh, chapter 1, verse 8. The beginning of, uh, of the church there is found there in Acts. And, and the book of Acts um, <clears throat> is a two-book set written by, written by Luke and the Gospel of Luke describes and unfolds the second phase where God is, is finding His lost children through, through Jesus Christ. And the book of Acts goes on to the next step, and, and, which is written by Luke, and, and describes the third phase where God is, is finding His lost children through the church, through us here today, through, through me and you as believers in Christ. Acts chapter 1 verse 8 is, is, uh, is also the second great commission. And it's the theme of, of Acts, the, the entire book of Acts. In Acts chapter 1 verse 8 it says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. You see, it was in, it was in Acts that we find the, the, the birth of the church and it's in chapter 2 that the disciples received the Holy Spirit and the church was born. And, and so they set out living together. They're living life together, not as individual believers, but as a community of believers. Again, that's one of the reasons we, we meet corporately. We meet together to encourage each other, to empower each other, to, to help each other in times of difficulty and grief and, and sorrow and heartache. You see, we can't live the the Christian life alone. We can't live it by ourselves according to the way the Bible sets it out. And so he wants us to live it together. And and here we read in Acts where they went from house to house and they met, they had church there, they were eating meals together and they were using their homes as a place of worship and and sharing God's love. That's where we get the idea of of like Tuesday night's men group meeting at, at the Melton's farm or the Sunday night uh, women's group tonight meeting in a small group or uh, Wednesday mornings a men's group and a ladies group meeting together in small groups and building that relationship on a small group basis coming together to, to know each other and, and, and to help each other through times of difficulty helping them understand life together being mentors for one another holding each other accountable for the way we live and the way we act and respond. 
And that's the way that the church was growing at the time. They, they lived life in fellowship together. And as they continued this, as this uh, continued on, the church grew, it says, on into Judea and Samaria. And that's what Jesus wanted. <clears throat> the numbers, they were, the church was growing, man. It was, it was exploding. The disciples, the disciples were, were preaching the gospel and, and calling for repentance and people were being saved and, and filled with the Holy Spirit. We read where, where Peter preached a sermon and 3,000 people came to Christ that day. We might say that, 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 that Peter was the first pastor of the first megachurch, okay? But let me tell you what, that didn't make the religious leaders happy at all. Didn't make them happy at all. No, you see, they wanted, they wanted the disciples to shut up. They wanted, in fact, they wanted to put the disciples to death for proclaiming the gospel, for sharing the good news. Does that sound anything like today? Our world is trying to shut down the gospel of Jesus Christ. The people are trying to shut up the, the Christian church to squelch the name of Jesus wherever possible, whenever it can. But you see, we find here in Acts that they didn't do that. What if they had? What if the disciples were so yellow back that they went home, shut up, and didn't say another word? We wouldn't be here today. Our faith would have died. It says in Isaiah chapter 5, I'm sorry, not Isaiah. In Acts chapter 5, Acts chapter 5, verse 40 through 42. It says, talking about the Jewish leaders, it says, they called the apostles in and had them flogged. Now you would think that if they had them flogged and beaten and told, listen, don't do it anymore, stay home and shut up, or you're going to get it again, they might listen. It says they called the apostles in and had them flogged. Then they ordered them not to speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. The apostles left the Sanhedrin rejoicing because they had been counted worthy of suffering disgrace for the name of Jesus. Now listen to verse 42. <clears throat> it says, Day after day in the temple courts and from house to house, they never stopped. They never stop teaching and proclaiming the good news that Jesus is the Christ. They never stopped, regardless of what they were facing from the outside world, regardless of what they were facing from the government, regardless of what they were facing from the authorities. They never shut up. They never quit talking. They never quit teaching and proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ. Amen. Praise God. And because they did that, because they didn't stop proclaiming the good news, the church continued to grow. The church continued to emerge year after year, century after century until we have where we are today. As the church grew, as the disciples were continuing to, to preach the name of Jesus, they could no longer minister to the, to the needs of the people though. They caused a problem. In Acts chapter 6 verses 1 through 7. It says, In those days when the numbers of disciples were increasing, the Grecian Jews among them complained against the Hebraic Jews because their widows 
were being overlooked in the daily distribution of food. And so the twelve gathered all the disciples together and said, It would not be right for us to neglect the ministry of the Word of God in order to wait on tables. Brothers, choose seven men from among you who are known to be full of the Spirit and wisdom, and we will turn this responsibility over to them. We will give our attention to prayer and to the ministry of the Word. And then in verse 5, it says that they they chose seven and and six more to serve in the role of deacon, which the word deacon means service. And so they were servants to the people. It says in verse 5, the proposal pleased the whole group. And they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit. Also Philip, Prochorus, Nicanor, Timon, Permenus, and Nicholas from Antioch, a a convert from Judaism. It says they presented these men to the apostles who prayed and laid hands on them. And so the word of God spread. The number of disciples in Jerusalem increased rapidly and a large number of priests became obedient to the faith. So what's going on here? The church was growing. The church was experiencing, I'm not talking about a church, I'm talking about the church, was experiencing explosive growth. And it says throughout Acts, maybe, maybe six or seven times, that it talks about the increase in growth. The, the numbers grew and things like that. And so as a result, there, there was a growing tension between preaching and sharing the gospel and, and ministering to the people. And so their solution was to draw out among them a group of men that would take care of the ministry needs of the church, and that allowed the, the pastors to to focus more on prayer and spend more time in Scripture and studying Scripture. Amen. And ministry, as we see it in the church today, means putting our faith into practice. We have a faith, but we have to live it out. It means taking action and making choices that, that touches the lives and shapes the lives of people around us and, and the world around us. Just as God has touched us, just as God has shaped us. Again, meeting the needs of the people around us. Our Christian faith tells us that everybody is a minister. Everybody is to carry out ministry. Mm -hmm. Every person is called to put their faith into practice in some way. Let me ask you this morning, how are we fulfilling that? How are we fulfilling that individually? Everybody's called to be a a part of ministry in some way. Some we call and and set apart and ask them to to serve in deacons as a special role and to serve in in a unique capacity. We see if we read on in Acts chapter 9 that A famous and and feared Christian killer by the name of Saul had his life altered and he had a life-altering and a life-changing experience with Jesus Christ. Do you think he was happy with the change? He might not have been too happy at the time because he probably didn't know what was going on at the moment, just trying to make sense. This is God, what is going on? But you know, in the end, Paul was was grateful. (laughs) 
You see, that encounter with Jesus, that life-changing experience with Jesus turns him from a Christian slayer to God's servant, from a persecutor to a proclaimer, from a maniac to a missionary. He was a changed man, a change that he truly and dearly loved and was thankful for in the end. He might not have liked it in the beginning and, and all the, the, his whole life was, was turned upside down. But in the end, it was, it was a good thing. He goes on to write in, in 2 Corinthians 5.17, he says, If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone and a new has come. Do you have an old life? Do you have an old pre-saved life? One that you lived before you found Christ? How is it compared with your life today, your lifestyle today, how you're living life today? Is it noticeably different? Is it as different as as we see Paul here? You see, when when the old is gone and the new has come in Christ, it doesn't get any better than that right there. It it just don't. And, And it was a new beginning for Paul And for anybody and everybody anywhere that would choose Jesus Christ. Have you chosen Jesus as your Lord? And again, if you have, as I have, can people see a true difference in the way we live? And who we were versus who we are? You see, Paul was was so changed, his countenance, his, his personality, his friends, his... His lifestyle was so changed that that people didn't recognize Him. He was a true believer, but yet people still still feared Him because of who He used to be. And so think of somebody that's a a murderer that's come to Christ and life is so changed that now that person says, listen, that's not me now. How much... How much grace would we have? Did, 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 did they have to give Paul? How much leeway did they have to give Paul, knowing he was one that persecuted and killed, to accept him? Everybody was skeptical, skeptical at first. There's a period of trust building there, but ultimately, Paul became the greatest missionary. Known to man. Changing Christ is good, amen. Changing Christ is is always good. It it, it was a new beginning for for Paul, and it could be a new beginning for you today as well. Let me ask you again, are are we living that that changed life? Has God so effectively changed us that, that people don't recognize us from who we used to be? As we reflect on, on our life, you reflect on your life. Are you a servant of the Lord? Are you a proclaimer of the good news? Are you a missionary for the kingdom of God? Maybe 
Maybe today is a, is a time for a fresh start. For a fresh restart. Maybe today is a time for a new beginning in Christ for you today. Is today the day that you want to do that? Is today the day you want to begin a new beginning with Christ? The people really see a true change in who we are. Let me ask you this morning, will you ask the Lord for a changed life today? Again, we're all called to ministry. We're all called to serve in the kingdom of God. And we're, we're all called to be servants. We're all called to be proclaimers and missionaries of the word. And a deacon is called out and, and set apart to do more than, than just that. And today we're, we're ordaining Noah Anderson and Gary Jacobs into the service of deacon. I want to ask you too, if you would, to come and, and just stand before me right now. <clears throat> Gary and Noah, uh, you testify that you've changed. Amen. That, uh, that you've accepted Christ, that your old life is gone, that you have a new life in Christ. And others have seen that in you. Others recognize your change as well and have selected you to be a, a servant in the ministry of, of a deacon at New Oak Baptist Church. And so the change here, the change in Christ is good. God is good. Again, the word deacon means to serve. You're being called to be a servant and to utilize your gifts and your talents in, in helping me meet the needs of the church family the community, and, and assisting the pastor. In other words, a deacon becomes the heart and hands of the church, seeking out and ministering to those in need within the church and those outside the church. And so following the precedent of, of the early church, New Hope has, has looked at, at all the men and, and chosen these two men of, of honest rapport and full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom to serve as deacons. And I want to offer a charge to you this morning. This church has voted upon you an honor and a great responsibility in selecting you into the office of deacon. And so I ask you this morning, will you accept this responsibility and strive to fill the position to which you've been called and to promote the interest of the church, to assist the pastor and to look out for the poor and the needy of the church. Will you affirm your allegiance to Christ, to the church, and to the scriptures? Will you accept the office of deacon in this church and promise to faithfully perform the duties required? Will you promise to cooperate with the pastor and to further the interest of the church in promoting a, its harmonious and effective working of all its ministries? With that, we as a church acknowledge and affirm you as deacon. Noah and Gary, we promise to encourage you to cooperate with you as you perform your duties as deacon here at New Oak Baptist Church. Gary and Noah, we, we charge you this morning to, to love Jesus Christ. Amen. 
1 Timothy 6.11 says, But you, man of God, pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, and endurance, and gentleness. You're charged to love His church. Colossians 3.15 says, And let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts, for as members of one body you are called to live in peace and always be thankful. And then you're charged to love the families of the church. In Galatians 5.13, through love we serve one another. I charge you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit to faithfully serve your, your office to the best of your knowledge and your ability so that you will seek divine guidance in all your work and all your decisions. I'm going to pray for you guys right now. And, and after the prayer, <clears throat> I want to ask if there are any ordained deacons or ministers that are here today, um, if you would come and, and offer your prayer of encouragement to these two men. Um, so let's pray together, and, and after that, if y'all would, have a seat, and we'll come by and offer a blessing to you. Deb, if you would also stand behind Noah, as uh, the, the wife needs to be a part of it too. Come and stand with him. Let's pray together. Almighty God, you are indeed the giver of, of all good things, and we humbly ask, Lord, as we place Noah, Anderson, and Jacob, Gary Jacobs into the office of deacon, Lord, that you would... Uh, just continue to guide them and lead them in their walk with You. Make them, we pray, O oh Lord, to be modest and humble and, and constant in their assistance and to have a, a ready will to observe the, the spiritual disciplines and that they, through continual dwelling in Your Word, will find themselves faithful and just to remain strong in Jesus Christ, to, to live a life acceptable to their calling. Father, we do pray for Noah and Gary and for their new ministry. Give them, Lord, the strength and the wisdom and the knowledge that they need, Lord, to, to fulfill their ministry. Lord, fill them with the Holy Spirit. God, may they always be ready and willing to serve in Your name and for Your purpose. Lord, direct us as a church in all of our ministry efforts, Lord, to remain humble and to encourage the leaders that you've placed here in this time, in this place, for eternal purposes. God, in the end, we pray that, that this church, your church, Lord, would bring you glory and honor in everything that we do. For it is in the glorious and wonderful and saving name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, we pray. Amen.